Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk with our friend Ken Weeb as we're getting real close to the deadline for teams to submit their protection list for the expansion draft. What are the Jets going to do? We'll break it down on the podcast. Let us bring in Ken Weave of Sportsnet.ca as we're here to talk this NHL offseason that we expect to be very busy over the next couple weeks. Uh, Ken, were you expecting the Devils to trade for Ryan Graves? Well, uh, Christian, I think it'll be a preemptive strike for Colorado. They were probably expecting him to lo- to be lost uh, to the Seattle Kraken, perhaps. And Ryan did have a pretty good year on the back end. And uh, I'm not surprised by the Devils' interest. I mean, we know that their uh, defense corps has uh, been in need of upgrading. So, uh, And I don't think they would have much of a protection problem on the back end. So I think it's a smart move for them. I mean, in terms of the price, I guess you never know. And uh, with draft picks and limited viewings, I guess uh, we'll see if it ends up being a high price or not. But uh, probably a pretty smart acquisition uh, by the Devils, I think. That's how I view that. And I think if you're Colorado, you're, uh, you know, you're expecting to lose them anyway. So... I guess in this way, you hope that your assets gained uh, will help you down the road as well. It's a super interesting month, isn't it? Because we've got the expansion draft, you've got the draft free agency all crammed together in in the under the umbrella of the effects of the pandemic that we're still seeing with salary caps being flat and all of it happening at once. There's going to be, I think, a lot of movement and uh, deals, some, some of which might be a little bit surprising over the next week or two, don't you think? I do, Christian, uh, for sure. I, I think that you know it could be the summer of the blockbuster if you look at some of the names that are uh, you know uh, allegedly available or definitely available. Uh, we know that uh, you know the Winnipeg Jets are looking to upgrade to their roster. We know that uh, the Minnesota Wild uh, made a pretty bold move in terms of uh, what was an original bold move in signing both uh, you know Zach Parise and Ryan Suter when they were the you know two of the hottest players on the market. Uh, and we know that the Chicago Blackhawks have made a move to uh, as well. I mean, to clear out some salary and all three of those, uh, you know, all of those situations could impact uh, things in the central division. So, I mean, I, I think that the sort of the original dominoes are starting, but I think there's more bigger moves to come uh, on a variety of levels. And today the reports that uh, Ben Bishop of the Dallas right. Stars will mo- waive his no movement clause to be exposed in the draft. He's got a lot of health problems over the last, well, a lot of his career, actually, he's been hurt a lot. So I don't know if Seattle would risk taking him there, but the Stars want to protect Anton Hudobin in goal. Let's talk locally, Winnipeg Jets. We have, what, just a, it's Saturday afternoon? Is that when the protection list has to be due? Uh, yes, sir, yeah. The, the list are due. I don't, I, I don't think that they'll uh, – I mean, I think they're probably – I mean, there's always going to be last-minute discussion, but I'm pretty sure the Jets have their list uh, – uh-huh. Uh, at least I think that the majority of those uh, names are in pen and there may be one in pencil, but uh, I think we're getting pretty close to, to that decision being made if it hasn't been made already. And uh, I know that uh, my prediction didn't wasn't met with very uh, fond reviews uh, on the old no. Twitter machine today. So, yes, to, to go into that on uh, Kenny and Rennie, you talked about how you thought Logan Stanley would be protected instead of Dylan DeMello. And I believe, personally, that is that would be a wrong decision for the Jets to make. But I, I, the one thing I think we have to remember is that, and I, we've mentioned this before when we've chatted on my show, we mm-hmm. no one had Chris Thorburn going to Vegas in 2017. So we don't know what is going on behind the scenes in terms of side deals. But if the list comes out Saturday and Stanley's on it and DeMello's not, if we saw any, the reaction to your 
your thoughts today is any indication it's not going to go over well amongst Jets fans. Well, certainly among a segment of Jets fans, for sure. And and let's not confuse what I said. I mean, I, I think that Dylan DeMello has been a very important player to this team. And I do think there's still a, definitely some potential for a side deal to be made to keep both players. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, Christian. The Jets' biggest priority going into the offseason is improving the defense core. So I, I don't see losing one of your top you know, two or three defensemen as – as something that would be, uh, you know, beneficial to to that process. But uh, I mean, if Dylan Demello is the guy that is exposed, and if he is in fact chosen, I mean that that means there's three million dollars to spend, and it would then be all about how the Jets use that money to try and upgrade the right side, which already is in need of an upgrade, right? I mean, we know that the Jets' depth on the defense core is on the left side, so. Unless someone like Vili Hanela or Dylan Sandberg moves over to the right side, and we know both of those players spent some time playing on that side with the Manitoba Moose this year, uh, we expect the Jets to, to add a top four defenseman and, and potentially a partner to play with Josh Morrissey if Dylan DeMello is not part of the equation moving forward. And I'm not saying he won't be. I mean, I, I think that we all saw how well those two played together against the Edmonton Oilers. And we talked a lot during the course of the year that uh, we were curious as to why they didn't spend more time together. So I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens. But the thing, Christian, that we know about the Jets, they've invested a lot of time and energy in the development of Logan Stanley, uh, five years to be exact, and three years as a pro. Uh, I just don't think they're going to leave a six foot seven defenseman with some skill exposed. I understand the the, the debate and the argument is that the, sh- the minutes were sheltered. Of course they were sheltered. This is a rookie who most people expected to be playing in the American League, if he hadn't played sheltered minutes, we would be wondering why the coaching philosophy allowed him to play more. I mean, I think some people were curious as to why Logan didn't maybe get a chance or two playing with Neil Pionk on that second pairing. But, I mean, that didn't happen this year. Will it happen moving forward? Uh, I think there's a chance for that to happen. But nobody came further in the last year on the depth chart than Logan Stanley. A very similar path to what Chance and Harkins did the year prior. So... I think the other decisions are mostly straightforward. Yes, there's some, you know, is it possible Mason Appleton is exposed and perhaps the guy that is lost to Seattle for sure. But uh, I think it'll be super interesting to see uh, what happens in the next few days. And I mean, the trades will start coming now. So will the Jets be one of those teams making a move? The other thing, Christian, they only have four draft picks in the 2021 draft. So maybe they'll be looking to replenish some of that stock uh, by moving a player they thought might be moved as well. But you have to also be careful you don't want to hurt your team in the short term either because the Jets window of contention is open so I don't know that they'll necessarily make a trade and then lose a good player like either Appleton or DeMello or Stanley well what we saw four years ago was the Toby Enstrom waving his no trade clause and the pick swap to so they could keep Enstrom and they ended up having their best season they've ever had and made it to the Western Conference final and Toby Enstrom was a big part of that so for one season of it, yes, it was good. They end up, you know, Nick Suzuki ends up being the player, and you think, oh, dang, what could have been? But the reality is in that situation, they wanted Toby Enstrom, and it worked out for them. So the question is, I guess, this time around, short-term versus long-term, what the Jets should be looking, I guess, short-term, like you said, the window is open right now. For sure, Christian. And that's the thing about this. I mean, it's easy to speculate on who's going to be gone, but, I mean, it all depends on what, kind of bargain Ron Francis is driving. I mean, we know how how well George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon used their leverage 
to bolster their roster in terms of both picks and flexibility and then players. But uh, based on where the Jets are, I don't think they're going to want to lose um, a defenseman like DeMello or a right winger like Appleton. We know those guys both play an important role. But what does it cost you to protect both of those players? I mean, can you interest the Kraken if they're looking more of a long-term play? Are they maybe interested in someone like Mikhail Burden, who, I mean, we know that there are going to be experienced goalies available, whether that's a Jake Allen or now Ben Bishop, who is a bit of a roll of the dice. But, I mean, he's also led his team to the Stanley Cup final uh, So when he was back with Tampa, right? So... I think it's super interesting. I mean, Sammy Niku is a guy who, you know, is he's a distressed asset. But, I mean, if you're Ron Francis, maybe you think that Sammy Niku, on a, you know, to, with some team control, he's under contract for one more year, and then you have team control, maybe he can be part of your top six. I mean, and then there's a guy like Jansen Harkins, who I mentioned earlier, who, you know, had an astronomical rise on the depth chart. And then last year kind of, I'm not sure if falling out of favor is the right word, but he certainly didn't play as much as we expected him to. So... I mean, how much of that combination would be in play in order to try to protect those other players for the you know, for more of the short-term benefit? I mean, only Ron Francis knows for sure. Kevin Cheveldayoff may have an idea, but until we get down to the deadline, that's when that's when those deals really start to happen. So I'll be super super curious into you know to see how many extra picks or prospects that uh, Ron Francis can turn his leverage into this time around. Because all we've been hearing is how all the GMs learned so much from last time when when some of the moves didn't maybe pay off the way that some people had anticipated them paying off. So I think it'd be super interesting. I mean, what do you think? Uh, what do you, who do you think the jets will leave exposed? Sorry. I know you're the host, but I like to turn hey, it around because I, okay. I know you have, I, I know you have some of these thoughts and I know you didn't share your Stanley cup prediction pick with me last time, but <laughs> this one's a little bit easier to, to dive into. Well, I think Tampa picking Tampa Bay to win the cup was a pretty easy bet in hindsight, but I think personally, it it would seem silly to me to to leave DeMello exposed. He was, I think, the Jets' best defender last year. We saw how much they missed him with him out of the lineup against Montreal. Now, no Shifley was also a problem there, but they need right-handed defensemen, and he's yeah. he's there. So I know Logan Stanley's got the upside, he's got the size, but DeMello's he's on, he's got a nice contract for a few years still. He's in his prime. I think he's got room to grow offensively, but defensively he's he's right there. And we just saw how much better Josh Morrissey was, who's making a lot more money than uh, than he was without Demello on his side. So again, we don't know what side deals will happen going into this when we the list comes out. I believe they're going to release it on Sunday with the, them being submitted due to the NHL Saturday, and then the the conversations begin for a few days. And then, you know, all along, every prediction I've read has all, all, they've all said Mason Appleton is the prediction for who gets chosen for the Kraken. And perhaps this is all much ado about nothing, but I'm going to turn it now to you because I am the host, Ken. And (laughs) just as an overall thought on expansion teams as a whole, expansion teams forever were getting drummed, right? You look at the Thrashers and you go with the Senators and the, the Blue Jackets, the Wild at least, you know, made the West Final a few years into their existence. But forever, expansion teams sucked right away and sucked bad. Vegas gets to the Stanley Cup Final. We, the Kraken will all be probably not that good, but still pretty good. Do you think it's better for the league that they made it so that teams can be more competitive right away in their new markets? 
It's a great question. Uh, I expect the Kraken to be competitive, but I do not see the astronomical rise. I don't see them reaching the Stanley Cup final in the first season. I don't see uh, three trips to the conference final in four years, and they probably should have had a fourth in that were it not for a uh, for a phantom call that had a, had a rule change uh, attached to it. <laughs> but uh, it is important for them to be competitive, and I'm, I'm glad they changed the rules to make it a, quick, a quicker process. But I think that, I mean, the beauty of Ron Francis, he keeps everything pretty close to the vest, uh, starting with Dave Haxtall hiring. Uh, we know Dave Haxtall is very good with young players. I know some Flyers fans didn't like how it turned out, but he did an unreal job at the University of North Dakota. Uh, he's a guy who's a good teacher, good communicator. I think he'll do an excellent job there. But the fact that they kept that a secret leads me to believe that even though there's been a lot of talk about how, you know, the Kraken are probably looking at more of a long-range term planning, I mean, maybe they're just saying that to try to leverage some teams into exposing people that you maybe, oh, well, maybe they won't take this guy if they're looking at long-term planning. So, I mean, that's the beauty of uh, a beauty of the way that Ron Francis plays poker in this uh, in this scenario. So uh, it's important for the Kraken to be competitive. Uh, I don't see them having the same type of success out of the gate as Vegas had. But having said that, they hired a lot of smart people, a lot of people with the diverse backgrounds. I expect them to, to value you know, analytics pretty heavily based on some of the staff that they have there. But I mean, they're also going to be a really good, you know, good hockey team. They're, they're going to be, it's a great hockey market and they will be a great addition to the league, but how they choose their team, I don't know if it'll be the same. And we know Vegas stockpiled a bunch of defensemen. They were able to turn over some of those guys, but some of those guys never played. So uh, that it's super interesting. And sorry, you mentioned Tampa got me thinking. I mean, I think the teams should be all over, trying to get Eric Chernak. Speaking of big right-handed shot defenseman, I think he would be absolutely perfect for the Winnipeg Jets. I don't know what the cost is, but I don't know how they're going to protect him. They have Hedman and <laughs> Hedman and McDonough and Sergachev. So right. I don't see them going four and four. So if Eric Chernak is available at, you know, six foot five, 235 pounds on the right, right shot side. I mean, I would imagine that the Jets are among the many teams making phone calls to Julian Breesbois knowing the situation that they're in. So, um, yeah, I think it's super interesting. I mean, you talked about Appleton before. I mean, would that kind of a trade make some sense, knowing that there's some cost certainty with Appleton and there's some cost certainty with Chernak? Because although he's a big and strong guy, he's not a real big point producer. So he's not. he, he would probably be in a salary range, you know, similar to a Dylan DeMello down the road. So, Again, a lot of connecting of the dots, and who knows uh, what the price tag is. But if if I were Kevin Chevalier off, uh, I would be making a few calls to Tampa to see what the cost of acquisition is, and and then we can have a real debate about who is the third defenseman exposed uh, uh, going into expansion. But anyways, it's uh, the beauty of uh, the beauty of these things is that we all make predictions, and the best part of about making predictions is that there are always more predictions to make. So uh, happy if you keep the receipts, but uh, I'm going to stand by what I said earlier. I expect to see Logan Stanley uh, as one of the three defensemen protected. And and from there, man, I, I, I don't have a great prediction on who gets chosen. I know I gave one on our hit, but uh, I, I still think the Jets find a way to protect Dylan DeMello. Okay. In, in terms of a side deal. Yes, yes, of course. So that there you go. Write it down, mark it down, and... See the difference between what what I do and what you do is that you, you you come on the show, you have your own thing, but you also write words that live forever on the internet, so people can always check the receipts for what you 
end up writing on sportsnet.ca. People, if they don't listen to my show, they didn't hear it. I'm good. I can I can just make it up, I guess. Anyway, I'll let you go, Ken, on that note. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and it'll be a lot of fun following the next couple weeks. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. <laughs>